Hey guys, I'm I'm back. Sorry I missed the last episode, but I was in Dallas hanging out with Robin Williams, Michael Jackson, uh, <laughs> Kobe Bryant, Ed Dale Abner. Earnhardt Sr. Don't forget uh, him. Dale Earnhardt, um, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was there too. He's a good guy. Uh, Hal Holbrook, um, Ed Asner, Hank Aaron. Oh, the stars were there. <laughs> All of the good celebrities that yeah, all the non cabal celebs had risen I, from the I, grave and were doing the monster match. I like the idea that like, <laughs> that was the kickoff of the nine eleven project was killing Dale Earnhardt Sr. <laughs> because he would have like, he would have questioned yeah, the official like, stories. That, that was the American version of uh, how the Taliban or the uh, oh yeah they assassinated uh, Northern to Alliance the, uh, guy Masood first. Yeah, yeah. Like, do 9/11. <laughs> that was going to be the only guy, like the only real celebrity, like not not branded left wing celebrity who would question 9/11. Yeah, I do wonder why they why they figured why was Robin Williams not part of the cabal? Because it cause seems I- like he would. He's a Hollywood sicko par excellence. No, no, no. You've never seen the movie Patch Adams. He's about bringing smiles to people's faces. He's not because like every shit. time a celebrity kills themselves, the QAnon people are like, that's true. Oh, that's he true. must yeah. have been the most molested boy of all time. Yeah. Or he faked he, his death so that he could show up at the Rolling Stones concert. Yeah. Oh, you know who else was there? Charles Grodin. Really nice guy. Wow. He's a fan of the show. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so sick. Well, I mean, I can't say it was. As uh, star studded or exciting back here, just the ugly, slow work of democracy sometimes oh, yeah. disappoints you. Um, um, do we have anything to say about the uh, election yesterday? I, I, I do. Ralph Northam's wife, are you happy with yourself, you fucking piece of shit? You no fun loving uh, bee's nest. If you had let your husband do the moonwalk at yeah. the Blackface concert, there would be an, a thousand-year Kaiserreich of Democrats in Virginia. They would have suspended the, the one-term rule. They would have let him run again. It would have delighted the entire state and the nation. But, no, you, you, you were thinking about what it would look like at your book club. And now, um, Terry, too tough Terry McAuliffe has lost to basically himself. And yes, yes. I really <laughs> hope you're happy. Really hope, yeah. really hope you're soaking in the praise at home. <laughs> what did you uh what did you call him a uh, Glenn Otherkin? Yeah, Glenn Blumpkin. Yeah, Matt yeah. called him Glenn Otherkin. <laughs> Glenn Blumpkin. <laughs> he was yeah, he the celebrated- Carlisle group guy. You know, the ru- <laughs> the rugged populists at the Carlisle group. Yeah, he did 9/11, but he didn't like doing it. Yeah, he felt bad about it the whole time. Yeah. Glenn Otherkin spent the his victory party. It was in the still unused ball pit at the Tumblr convention from 2012. Let's go. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know the Democrats are, 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 are stinging from, you know, what many are interpreting as a rebuke of the, uh, build back better agenda. But if you, if you, if you dig down into the numbers in the suburbs, I think you'll find that floss Latino is still a huge success and is really going to be the building blocks for, uh, 2022, 2024 and the foreseeable future. Guys, you know, I'm literally a communist, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but I think like Floss Latino might have been too much too soon. I think we might have like tried to push the electorate left like a little too hard with Floss Latino. You know, there was a lot of there was, you know, unfortunately, uh, the Republicans got they built up a lot of headwind, you know, and sort of negative media messaging around Floss Latino. And it turned off some it turned off a lot of voters in the suburbs. I think we're going to have to like be realistic and pivot 
and and get what we can and launch mouthwash Scotch Irish. <laughs> I like. I think like with the power of the pen, perhaps Biden can issue an executive order giving Sensodyne subsidies to people with student loans, but he has signaled that he does not want to use executive orders that way. So it's tough action either way, whatever just, happens. I mean, it's like, it's, it's always going to be an uphill battle when, you know, you're trying to get people to floss and um, take gingivitis and plaque seriously. And then the Republicans are out here just handing out candy. Did you guys notice that on Sunday night, Republicans in every county across the country were giving people candy for free. Yeah, Disgusting. and you think you think back, um, you know, all those cartoons we loved of the toothpaste fighting the cavity gang. You know, this used to be a different. Republicans used to like vo Ronald Reagan was a voice actor in those. This used to be a different country <laughs> before it got so polarized. So yeah, things are looking uh, things are looking up for the Democrats. I mean, obviously, you got to be looking forward to twenty twenty four. I mean, I know oh, I yeah. am, guys. Like, oh, it's going to be I'm very excited. It's going to be pretty pretty lit. It's gonna pretty be pretty litty. cool. It's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, was it um, Kamala and Buttigieg? Oh, baby, don't get me excited. Wait, I, I mean, think like, Buttigieg, Buttigieg is like he's not stupid enough to be like, oh yeah, I'll board this sinking ship. He's he if it's down to those two, he's gonna backdoor her. He's gonna find a way to get her out of there or try to. Like I mean, she, there's no Republican I think she can beat besides Josh Hallway, maybe. And yeah. even then, like as an incumbent, no. No, I th I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Trump getting back in. He'd be crazy he, not to run again. No, he's going to run again, and he's yeah. going to get the nomination, and then he's going to win, and then you'll have unified Republican control of government, control of probably two-thirds of state governments. The median voter uh, or the median legislator will be Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, but every uh, television late-night show is going to be like the host uh, being whipped by Billy Porter and apologizing for being white. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. It's just going to be a, a, a uh, Republicans getting more and more political power, liberals freaking out more and more in their control of media and trying to make everybody good people by making terrible entertainment and pissing everybody off in the process. Yeah, I mean, like th this was interesting because so they like still won Nova suburbs, right? Well, yeah. Um, but but their idea was, OK, we really have to like juice turnout and Raytheon Acres to win the state. Yeah. So they tried and, to scare them and be like, this guy's like Trump. It's Trump. He's back. Trump's back. Well, specifically with that, they really tried to tie him to January 6th. Yeah. And it's like, man, I got to say, if that doesn't give you the overwhelming turnout and numbers in Nova that you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's like I think that was that's their only idea for the next like indefinite I don't like I do not see them having anything else but January 6th no. and no one remembered like no one even the people that like care about that shit the most they were just like voted kind of like in a normal off year election like that was the entire problem that they had. Yeah it didn't seem like the um, sort of like uh, a trending blue uh, sort of affluent suburbs or a durable coalition for the Democrats because like absent Trump. Um, these people just want their property taxes yeah. low. And they want to make so, sure I mean, their like, kids... I mean, they're just going to like go back to, right back to voting. And they want to make sure their kids don't feel sad at school about being white. Well, I mean, that leaves the Democrats... Like, their only move, really, is the is salt, right? Yeah, right. And that's it. That's the move. That's the move. And then Can that someone explain salt to me? Um, it's the very uh, crucial flavoring and preservative. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in fact, it used to be used as currency for paying Roman soldiers. Thus, uh, the phrase salary. 
It's basically a tax cut to people who like pay high yeah. state taxes, and it yeah it, no, it's like it's a giveaway to like property owners on the coast, right? Right, right, right. It's okay. to the high to the top five percent income people. It's like a huge giveaway, especially to people like kind of in blue states. But uh, it okay, so you do that, and that would be like Reagan tax cuts level of like revenue reduction. So that forecloses on the possibility of any of the stuff they've talked about doing. Like, oh, if we got 60 seats, we could do all these build back better items. Not anymore. Not with Paygo. And so you're just going to keep passing the football every four to eight years. You're going to hope that uh, every four years there's a January 6th type incident that gets the suburbanites on your side again. And then to try to keep them after you get slaughtered in the absolute next election, you're going to try to do another tax cut for them specifically because like black voters out you're not doing anything for them you're like you you're content with the amount you have but you're not going to go out of your way yeah and the funny thing about salt though is that it doesn't really even help them in the long run because as you said it is mostly felt by uh high income earners in blue states in states that have high uh state income taxes and those people are already concentrated uh, in the the enclaves that are that are thanks to the constitutional apportionment system are are less electorally meaningful than the big empty places where nobody gives a shit about what property taxes are uh, in Prince George County. So you're not doing anything uh, to change the slide away from being competitive in in uh, in, in the necessary number of seats. Yeah. Meanwhile, black millennials and black Gen Z just anemic yeah fucking anemic rural forget about it like might you 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 might as well just not exist there if you're the democrats yeah. so yeah it is if you are the suburbs you are the hot potato that will be passed back and forth well um as long as you're talking about um things i don't give a shit about um let's move on from virginia to things something i do give a shit about new york city that's right new era <laughs> look new york as always, I think is a sort of a shining city on the hill that's going to serve as an example for the rest of the country about how to do things right. Uh, we just had an election here. That's one I paid attention to. And I just uh, want to talk briefly about what went down with Curtis Sliwa the other day. Um, really a textbook case of voter suppression. And I'm, I'm, as far as I know, I'm the only media outlet talking about this. Uh, this co- is covered by The New York Times. It says, Curtis Sliwa brought a special guest with him to vote on Tuesday. Gizmo, one of the 17 cats he lives with in a studio apartment. But Gizmo was denied entry to a polling site on Manhattan's Upper West Side. Felix, are you responsible for this? Did, did you block Gizmo from voting? No, no, I was, I was the opposite. I said I was part of the new, new Black Panthers party that ensures <laughs> voting access. <laughs> uh, just a little bit more on Sliwa here. It says... Um, uh, more problems soon followed, and Mr. Sliwa openly quarreled with election officials, shouting, arrest me, when they asked him to take off a red jacket with his name on it, an apparent violation of electioneering rules. Uh, his ballot jammed in the scanning machine, and the machine had to be repaired. An election <laughs> worker hurled an expletive at Mr. Sliwa while asking him to leave. <laughs> they couldn't have been more hostile, Mr. Sliwa said, as he left the polling site at Frank McCourt High School more than an hour later and was reunited with Gizmo, who was being watched watched by a staffer and then last night last night with the story mr sliwa who was hit by a taxi on friday 
<laughs> wore, wore a sling on his arm. He said he was in pain from the accident, but that he was more concerned for city workers who were placed on unpaid leave this week for refusing to get vaccinated, an issue he has increasingly focused on during the final week of the campaign. Um, gentlemen, when it comes to New York City, I'm a one-issue voter, and that is Gizmo and all the gizmos in the city. Who's taking care of them? Are they allowed to vote? And just, uh, I don't know, like, uh, just everyone should have a couple gizmos in their house. Curtis Lee has 17 of them. So the choice for me was clear, but it does look like um, Eric Adams will be our next mayor. And to that end, I just want to share a, uh, just a brief anecdote that the uh, New York Times passes along under the headline, what kind of mayor might Eric Adams be? No one seems to know. Well, here's a little preview. It says here, in a 2019 commencement address, Mr. Adams complained that a neighbor's dog kept befouling his yard. No matter how polite he was to the owner, no matter his standing as Brooklyn's borough president, then a pastor gave him an idea. Mr. Adams slipped on a hoodie and Timberland boots, rang the neighbor's doorbell, and reintroduced himself a little less politely, he said. After that, the dog stayed away. Let people know you are not the one to mess with, he advised a predominantly black graduating class at Medgrivers College in Brooklyn. He closed with a prediction for those who said he would never be mayor. I'm going to put my hoodie on and I'm going to make it happen. He will go door to door and disturb everyone that he talks to on route to victory. <laughs> that electoral prophecy might well hold up. The story does not. It was the pastor, Robert Waterman, who actually had the neighbor with the dog and the confrontation at the door. Both, meds, both men said in interviews, Mr. Adams just liked how it sounded. It was a great story, I heard, he told the New York Times recently. I heard him preach, and I told him, I'm going to tell that story. <laughs> this, is, this is what's known as the podcaster's gambit. <laughs> Uh, he's now uh, he's now poised to become New York City's next mayor. I uh, I read that whole article and it was it's very funny because it's got a lot of great details, some amazing quotes. One where he like brags about how much uh, how much tail he gets uh, as borough president. Uh, but the funny thing about it to me is its framing, which is this guy is a wild card. He's he's everywhere. He, he's bebopping and scatting. Nobody, even his closest. Uh, uh, confidants aren't sure how he's going to govern. It's like, give me a fucking break. Everyone knows what he's going to uh, do. Let me guess. <laughs> Everyone, he's going to do what he's the cops and the fucking developers tell him to do. The only question yeah. is, which anime character does he give a key to the city? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just uh, one, one more, a couple more details about Eric Adams. He says um, he is alternatively, ref alternatively uh, referred to himself as a pr pragmatic moderate and the original progressive. He claims to take bubble baths with roses and has said he would carry a handgun in church. I, I am reminded of my favorite thing he said after he cinched the primary. Folks, you've never seen a mayor with swag like me. <laughs> and he's correct. That's, it's like true. Yeah, I've, Eric, I have never seen anyone like you. He said that he was going to retire to the Golan Heights <laughs> and then later said he was going to go to Baku. Azerbaijan. Well, you could summer in Baku yeah. or winter, but um, yeah, he's, I get it. Like, yeah, he's going to be a shitty mayor in the way that like probably most people in that primary were going to be. But I really think it's the intangibles that will make these two terms unforgettable. And I think it's going to be stuff like, you know, is he going to keep up the storyline of the son's house saying that it's his house? 
Is he going to keep Will commuting get- uh, into the city from New Jersey? That would be pretty funny. If <laughs> is he going to keep parking that. his car on the sidewalk? Yeah, he. There was uh, these reporters followed him on election night, and he like drove on a sidewalk to get out of a traffic jam, which is like you. Okay, you might think that's bad. But that is a neuroatypical driving technique. That is how neurodivergent people get out of traffic jams. He's in GTA mode. Yeah, go on the I, sidewalk, then steal the cop car. I want to see. You know, he was already getting more clown than a circus as a borough <laughs> president, <laughs> which is that's not even a job most people know exists. I mean, I think I could probably tell most of the people in my building I'm borough president. They probably believe me, one hundred percent. But yeah, like as mayor, what? Mm, okay. I think someone's getting some tune. I don't think Eric Adams is Bugs Bunny, but I think he's getting some tune. It's about to look like Kingdom Hearts in City Hall with the amount of tune in there. Under the big top. They're renaming it Toontown. Okay, uh, getting getting big top. Toontown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. New York City is henceforth known as Toontown. Yeah. I mean, I think women threw themselves at Bill de Blasio, but I think he was faithful with his wife. I think Rudy Giuliani, uh, like Michael Bloomberg, he had to go to a special place to uh, get a certain, I'm not going to say woman, maybe girl that he enjoys. Michael Bloomberg only got tuned from DreamWorks moms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Giuliani just like cheated with women he met in like the Fox green room, I guess. Or at a family reunion. Stuff he did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot his cousin, but like this will be the first like player in Gracie Manor in a while. And the best part is it's um, everyone's getting promoted because Bill de Blasio will be our next governor. Mm-hmm. It's happening folks. Yep. Kathy Molecule, your days are numbered. <laughs> he's taken yeah. that. He's I, taken <laughs> the de Bunglero train to Albany. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what's stopping the de Bunglero train. I just really don't. I mean, well, I mean, it's him or Letitia James, but I I think the second that the bungalow gets on the ground in Western New York, this train's leaving the station. Yeah, I mean the train. I mean the, the rocket ship's going straight to the moon. Sorry, I was just like, I was just trying to um, just imagine what kind of tune Rudy Giuliani gets, and the only image I could have is like uh, Daffy Duck when Bugs Bunny like uh, breaks the fourth wall and draws him as like a fucking like uh, some sort of like <laughs> like four legged um, screwball creature, and then takes his bill away. <laughs> <laughs> You're despicable. Ah! And I've never been so humiliated in all my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like the first thing Eric Adams has to do is close our southern border to Virginians. No, yeah, but, get them out. Yeah, no, you can't come here. I don't care. Like uh, whether, you know, whether you're mad at critical race theory or you want more of it, what we have ever because we have everything here. We have every type of school. We have schools where kids are, you are graded on how much you cry about being white. And we have schools where you only read Johnny Tremaine, the main <laughs> types of schools. And they're both types are the best in the nation. But you can't come here. Fuck you. This is for lifelong New Yorkers. That's right. People who have lived here since June of 2015 and hated it openly for 90% of that time. But now, 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 you're, now you're a real New Yorker, though. Yeah. Well, I got now through the... Because you, you supported Gizmo at the polling place at Frank McCord High School, where you live now. Yes. Felix yes. lives in, by, by the way, for anyone who wants to know, Felix lives in Frank McCord High School. That is, yes. That's another uh, kind of school they have here, is one, one where you can, it can be classrooms are rented out. 
of people who want to live there. I mean, it's bigger than most people's apartments of all the electric outlets I could ever need. It was actually <laughs> formerly a, a chemistry classroom. So I technically have one of the biggest kitchens in the city. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, moving on from the election news, um, have you? I, I, I got to talk about what is probably my favorite uh, favorite news story of the last week or so. Um, have you guys been following the saga regarding the Munger Dorm at University of California, Santa Barbara? Just the uh, phrase yes. Munger Dorm is, uh, it, it's like a cellar door for me. Munger Dorm. Do you think like anyone, anyone had the job? Because he was, for people to know, these are like a horrifyingly built, just like ADX Florence style dorms. Yeah. Uh, built like, entirely. The story is uh, like a Charles Munger is a 97-year-old billionaire who like Warren founded Ber partner. Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett. And he's also sort of a bit of an architectural hobbyist. And uh, he gave all this money to UC Santa Barbara like with the proviso that they let him design the Munger dorm. Because like, you know, they have sort of a student housing crisis on campus. They need, they need more dorm room space. And this guy, uh, Munger, came up with the Munger dorm that is, yeah, it... It's like a supermax prison for undergrads, basically. And I just like uh, there, there's an interview with him now um, in the uh, Santa Barbara Independent. Oh, wait, no, no. It's in a the, sorry, uh, in an architectural uh, the architectural record. So it says here, um, Charlie Munger, the 97 year old billionaire who has been ridiculed for wanting to build a dormitory with thousands of windowless bedrooms at the <laughs> University of California, Santa Barbara, came out swinging Monday morning. In a wide-ranging conversation with the record, he called his opponents, including a respected architect who resigned from the advisory committee last week, idiots. He said that he expects the 4,500-room 4, building to be copied all over the country. Every other college will be jealous, he asserted. Munger said he hadn't decided how much of the building's $1.2 billion cost he will cover, but he said that it will be the biggest gift he has ever made. So uh, it says here, um, US, UCSB is experiencing a severe housing shortage and is being pressured by area residents to build new dormitories. So Munger's plan for an 11-story, 1.68 million square foot housing block was greeted with open arms by the university's chancellor, Henry Yang, who called it inspired and revolutionary. The building will have nine identical residential floors, each divided into eight houses, with each house further divided into eight eight-person suites. Rows and rows of identical 10-by-7-foot bedrooms <laughs> give the building in plan about as much variety as a sheet of graph paper, and only about 6% of the rooms have windows. Too many. Too many windows. <laughs> Get rid of yeah. them. I didn't know we were Think building Versailles here. Wasted. Yeah. You're going to create a class system between the the window people and the non-window people put a put a completely sunproof shell around the entire thing. Uh, it says speaking from his home in Los Angeles Hancock Park, which he designed himself and which he said has lots of windows. Munger said that he based the dorm's design on the Unité de Habitation in Marseille by Le Corbusier. But Munger said that the building was too narrow to make that space interesting. So the whole thing didn't, didn't work worth shit. I've fixed that. <laughs> we took Corbusier's <laughs> errors and the errors in university housing and eliminated them one by one. Munger doesn't suffer fools gladly. In his most recent letter to shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway, the company he runs with Warren Buffett, Munger wrote, 
that the worst attributes of bureaucracy should be much more often be, uh, sorry, the worst attributes of bureaucracy should much more often be treated like the cancers they so much resemble. In other words, my way or the highway. So uh, <laughs> one of the architects on uh, the design review committee at UCSB um, resigned after <laughs> after seeing the plans that they were about to go ahead with um, to, for the student housing. Um, it says here. Uh, but McMunger said of this guy, Dennis McFadden, he reacted with his gut like an idiot. He didn't look at the building intelligently. In particular, he said, McFadden didn't examine the models, which he said the chancellor would have happily shown him. Everybody who sees the models goes apeshit for them, Munger said. In response, <laughs> McFadden wrote in an email that the floor plans of all levels and images of the digital models and renderings were sent to me in advance of the last meeting, as well as presented in the meeting by a representative of the design team. I understand the plans well and in detail. Uh, uh, he says, uh, <laughs> uh, during the long phone interview, Munger said that with a large brood of children and grandchildren, he is intimately familiar with university housing. He spent years and years, he said, trying to improve on what he's seen. So, I mean, I think basically what's going on here is that here's a 97-year-old billionaire who um, is sort of, you know, you know he's, uh, he's, he's sort of pulling back on his... Um, day-to-day uh, -day duties at Berkshire Hathaway. And, like, you know, when you get to that age, you want to have a little fun. And for him, fun is torturing roughly 6,000 college students. Yeah, it's basically going to be a uh, squid game. He's going to, like, enroll as an undergrad to go to the Munger dorm. <laughs> <laughs> Just to enjoy it with all the other kids. <laughs> Looking like Hans Molman. <laughs> Cowabunga, dude. No, my God, yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna get one of the fucking cells, yeah. and he's gonna be in the matching jumpsuit. He's gonna be student number yep. one, he's, and, and you're, you because know, you're the, his his he has reasoning for this, and it's that he wants the kids to spend as little time in their dorms as possible. He wants them to circulate, and he wants them to socialize. So I could just see him being like, "Hey, kids, we're going we're going to the rec room. We're gonna play some parcheesy." <laughs> <laughs> I I like red light green light one two three. <laughs> Don't play too much bridge out there. I I like any story with subtext, and uh, this is this is brimming with it. Um, a billionaire, after you know doing what Berkshire Hathaway does and nickel and diming everyone from the underclass all the way to sort of like the lower to regular middle class for its entire run, and then running out of people to do that to. And then finally getting to sort of middle, middle class, upper middle class people and being like, hey, sorry, standard of living's going down. Fuck you. Yep. Get in the <laughs> like, pod. Yeah. Everybody get in yeah, the pod. Just on your on your on your on your way out. Like building making this at your own time when you're like ninety-eight. <laughs> just be like, fuck you. Ninety seven years old. Yeah. Fuck you. You have to go to college like you're Larry Hoover. <laughs> Uh, he says, describing the process of designing the UCSB building, he said, we took the penthouse space, which is what everybody wants, which is twice as valuable as ordinary space, and gave it to the students. I mean, that's very generous of him in designing a college dorm that he would give um, some of the fucking penthouse space to students. What, I mean, what was the alternative? I, I mean, just uh, places for him to personally live and watch them all through closed-circuit cameras. <laughs> it's like Slipper. Yeah. He's like William Baldwin in exactly. Slipper. Uh, it says here, um, 
That, of course, works like gangbusters. One of the penthouse amenities, he said, would be a Costco store. Munger has been a Costco director <laughs> since 1997. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This is the best idea yeah, I've ever see, heard. Here we go. Felix is now one over to this. Felix is completely one over yeah, to this. Okay, idea. okay. Think about it. Fuck college students. That's yes, it. No, good Fuck point. Them. Okay, good point. yeah. Hard to argue. Yeah, against. I have no other argument. Uh, he said there would also be a club for resident advisors and classrooms that will be converted into recreational spaces at night. No one has ever done that, he said, adding, it's all about the happiness of the students. We want to keep the suicide rate low. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I mean, he's just having he's fun. having a good time. He's, he, he's in the having fun mode of his life. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, has, I'm trying to de design a building that will look the number one thing we don't want college kids no we do not want that living living in this maddening children are our like fucking hellhole i like to think yeah. that he on his desk amongst all of his different iterations of this he has like a theoretical concept that's uh like that death roller coaster where every student would kill themselves yeah and he's like but we're not going <laughs> to use that one that would be too many this is the optimal Each, number of suicides. You can't have zero. That's just not feasible. No. no. But this is this is yeah, the optimal amount, minimal amount of lawsuits uh, and uh, haunting stories that kids tell themselves about uh, about uh, ghosts wandering the halls. I mean, the I think best they part should just like lean into making it super max. Like it should be like there should be no suicides because they take your shoelaces and your belt <laughs> when you move in. You got instead of a mirror, you just have like a, a buffed piece of metal that you can look into. <laughs> yeah. you like yeah you um to like study with people you just pass kites <laughs> during the like 10 minutes of rec time every day and then if you're in a frat that's like a that's like a white collar that's like a michael cone prison yeah see i think i think like uh one of the benefits of these um sort of closet style rooms is that that each one is there are no windows keep in mind and each one is hermetically sealed off from the other and has a small reserve of sarin nerve gas that if mm. you would like to press the suicide button is available to you. But uh, ideally, like they'll, they'll be so, they'll be so nice that you won't you won't you, press you the college probably will button. not press the gas button and kill yourself. No. And everyone else in the in the cube. Um, the gas button is right next to the light. That switch, is true. Um, it says here <laughs> there's a lot of really interesting. There's a lot of like nice color about Munger. And, and the Hmong lifestyle. He says, after designing the two amenity floors, he says, we had to figure out how to house the students. <laughs> it took a year... <laughs> After I added the Costco to the building, of which I serve as a, on the board of directors, then we had to figure out how to, what to do with all the people that it's supposed to, it's supposed okay. to cram in there. You can, you can live in Costco. You absolutely yeah. can. And it's like fine. And many, honestly, I think yeah. in, the, in the relatively near future, many people will. Yeah, um, but he says here. I think, like, I think you could have an amazing, like, if you were. I wish, I wish I was born in 2002. I wish I was spending my first year of college at the Hmong right now. <laughs> could you imagine? You could be just munging it up with your fellow mole people. Yeah. Okay. So you get back from your like white fragility slash TV reviewing class, <laughs> and you you're like, oh, I I need I need like a bunch of laundry detergent and some and some muffins. So you go to the Costco that's, by the way, in the lobby of the building you live in. And you have kind of a meat cute. Your cart rams into a, uh, I don't know what haircuts girls have. Let's say uh, side bangs are coming back. She has side bangs. Okay. And you're like, oh, do you, you needed uh, Costco's, uh, you know, uh, banana nut muffins too? 
And before you know it, you are in the morgue slot you live in. P and V, getting your shit wet in the mung. <laughs> getting too the way in the that mung. college students probably, can, yeah, for the way that college students probably fuck now, which is probably like very lethargically when you consider reducing, you know, lowering sperm counts and testosterone. Porn and, and everything, yeah. You know, they're, yeah, they're probably like, I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know what's going on, but I am assuming that they are starting SSRIs at younger and younger age. I'm assuming that the moment... Did they come in a, a Flintstone chewable she's pregnant. Now. So yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, I think before that, I think the second there's a heartbeat and you want to have the kid, if you like are, are liberal or just whoever, you just take a needle and just inject Wellbutrin yeah. into your womb. I think that's what happens yeah. now. I'm not sure. Don't correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so like for that style of sex, the mung is fine. Yeah, you're not moving. You're barely moving at all. Yeah. It's just like five slow pumps. You might as well just be soaking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like for me in college, it was always, you know, it's like it's always the hardest part is how to get a girl to come back to your <laughs> to your resting tube. <laughs> to, to, your, to, to, to the regeneration slot that I uh, that I that I stand in in between classes. Um, OK, because did, did you. Did you, could you have gotten a chicken bake in between going to the prison from Demolition Man where you sleep? <laughs> no, you couldn't. Uh, just a little bit more about Mung here. He says, um, it took a year and a half for me to decide not to make more than one student sleep in the same room. Yeah, roommates? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. I do not think so. That's the number one thing college kids complain about. Uh, Munger described the times in his life when he's had to share a room with unrelated strangers as, quote, awful. He even remembered sharing a sleeping bag with another Boy Scout, which we had to do to stay alive until morning, but which he hated. <laughs> so he's, I don't he's, think you were in the Boy Scouts. Yeah, that was something else. I did, yeah, I think, that, I think the most evil man in your neighborhood did something very bad. He's designing a living space based on his fear of like having to like stick his hands in the ass crack and armpits of a guy to avoid hypothermia. And he's like, I just I don't want anyone having to go through that experience again, no matter what. You have um, he to says, put on these Doc Martens and stomp on my ass or we'll both be killed. Once he decided that every student should have a single room, he realized we had a window shortage. So we just copied what Disney Cruises did. The way Disney does it, the window is really a television set. Those work beautifully on the ships, but I wanted to have a spectrum of sunlight. So with a curtain hanging over it, you couldn't tell if it was artificial or real. I figured out how to do that. Programming the lights to copy the sun was too expensive. So we will give the students knobs and they can have whatever light they want. Real windows don't do that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You have to just no, deal with whatever is sun biggest... is going to give you at that yeah. moment. You don't get to customize no, the... your light experience. Matt, do you remember the last time we toured London, the, the hotel we stayed in there had windows like that? Yes. Where they yes. weren't windows, but they were just light panes that you could kind of dial in a sun amount? Uh -huh. I, I, I felt like I was in a submarine. Uh, yes, I, we stayed in those rooms for two nights, and after 48 hours, I felt like I was going insane. Yeah. Like waking up in pitch blackness and having to dial in artificial light into to like simulate light cell. I, I felt like I was in some 1950s experiment that you would do with a capuchin monkey. Yes. 
It was it was <laughs> now crazy. real Harry it's, Harlow hours. It's it's not required, obviously. It's not it's not you know this, this is not the the heavy hand of the administration saying you know like oh you can't have fun. It's not required, but it is highly recommended that w- before you move into the Hmong house, you start taking vitamin D supplements. <laughs> Because I mean, yes, you will have a dimmer, but like that is the one thing that um, uh, that windows do provide, or just the sun in general. He said he doesn't see a problem with windowless rooms. It's quite endurable, especially with good ventilation. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you want to see on the Yelp review. Anywhere you go, endurable. I think you'll find that Jolly Roger is eminently endurable. (laughs) Uh, He says it's quite endurable, especially with good ventilation. Nobody minds going into a basement restroom and peeing because there's no window. Yeah, I don't I don't mind peeing in a basement with no windows. I wouldn't like living there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i just love he says these are about people like this is where kids are gonna live for a year and he's just like yeah nobody minds pissing in a basement uh munger rejected the claim made by some critics of the building that it lacks adequate means of egress i'm a nut about safety he said there are enough exits to satisfy all of the codes and they're way bigger than normal he added it's a sprinklered concrete building. Do you know how much loss there has to has been to fire in the history of sprinkled sprinklered concrete buildings? Approximately zero. Then he spoke in, ter- in terms of how the concrete for the building will be made in a factory under high pressure. So the building will last as long as the pyramids. You can't get that by pouring on site. In addition, he said, the extreme standardization will allow much of the building to be prefabricated, saving time and money. That is how they built the pyramids, by the way. Um, so yeah, like, look to save space. Look, he's he's the nut about safety. So to save space, are there elevators or staircases in the building? No, there are no there are no fire exits. There are no staircases. There aren't even elevators. But each room is connected to a pneumatic tube, which allows easy egress and access to multiple students, unless three or more of them use them at the same time. Then the body tubes get clogged and like, but you know, it's a sprinkler building, so don't worry about fire. You know, if you think about it, too, the pyramids had their own version of Costco in it. They buried the pharaoh with everything that you get during your (laughs) monthly Costco run. That's true. Holy shit. That's very true. He said that each of the building's houses will be co-educational, which is going to, quote, enormously improve the behavior of the males. I I just. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because when you put men in uh, windowless closets for hours and hours of a day at a time, it tends to improve their behavior. Men who behave badly will be given neutral loaf. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever done all these things in one place. I expect these buildings to sprout up all over America. His goal, he said, was to make life better for students, not to draw attention to himself. He said he doesn't even care what the buildings are called. Munger Hall won't help me when I'm dead, but all of the souls he collects through the Munger <laughs> <Yes>. slots will <laughs> help him when he's dead <laughs> on his journey to the Western lands. When he is buried in a sarcophagus, all of the students in Munger Hall will be buried with him. Uh, he says here, Munger described architecture as a kind of a hobby particularly now that he's spending less time in the office. I'm almost 98 years old. They don't need me at Berkshire Hathaway every hour of the day. Dude, they don't need you anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to do anything when you're 98. All. You are unnecessary. Stop contributing to the future. <laughs> just just hang out. Just, just, just chill. Ugh. He says, Munger uh, asked what he has learned from the UCSB design process, said, 
what I learned was how stupid I was. Imagine taking years to decide that the kids should get their own bedroom. And asked about the controversy that has ensued since McFadden's letter was made public, he said, I'm surprised by how little controversy there is. Architects never agree on anything. <laughs> so, I mean, I like when he said that, like, I expect these buildings will be built all over America. Uh, he's not lying. No, this no, is, this is the future. This is the, yeah, this is the solution to the housing yeah. crisis. As, as, long as, the, as long as Berkshire Hathaway is in charge of it. It's cube time. The cube, the cube moment is upon us. Surrender to the cube. I just like that he's, he saw a documentary about st the Stanford prison experiment and got the wrong idea. Like, what if you made the whole college like, out was... of the prison experiment? <laughs> <laughs> what <if> they... <laughs> that was like, I mean, honestly, if, if you were one of the prison guards, that was one of the highlights of your college Absolutely. experience. Yeah, well, yeah, I got to beat the shit out this of some guy. fucking fun. For not, for not making his bed. And that's the other part of this is that, yeah, like the RAs are uh, revolving amongst the students and they get guns. The RAs are revolving among the students, but they 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 are they will be doing the Milgram experiment to every yes. one of their um, shot collars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, no, Matt, you said earlier that uh, he designed it on a submarine. I saw I saw another news article that said that literally that he said we took the the maximization of of available space that shipbuilders use, and like for instance, when the Navy builds a submarine, and applied that to a dorm Absolutely. that is not that is not three miles underwater. Yep. The job where they, you have to volunteer for because you have to be a freak to want to do it. And you're just going to cram all the undergrads in there. But, like, who wouldn't want to live in a submarine for nine months out of the year? Think how fun it would be. Great. All the amenities are so close it's by. It's true. What if there was, like, um, maybe we should cut this out because this is, like, too good of an idea. But what if there was, like, a, a military submarine, but it was the weed-smoking one? <laughs> well, and that's uh, the basically dorm, that's what, the smoking Yeah, that's sub? what the Hmong is. The Hmong is like uh, U U five seven one or uh, Dust Boot, but they're they're ripping legal buds in Cali. U four twenty. Oh yeah. Woo! Yes. There we go. Oh, and you know, like I mean, like I, I suppose that this isn't a problem now because there's no roommates. But you remember, you remember, you, fellas, you remember back in college when you got a lady back in the dorm room, but you want to keep your roommate out of the room. You sort of like leave a sock or a tie on the door. I mean, even though there's no roommates. If you'd like it to make aware to the <laughs> to the Costco guards that you're getting it in, um, you can uh, <laughs> just set your light meter to a certain level, and it would alert the, the 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 people tubes that like that way, like the the people tube won't open in your room when you're getting it in. Well, like dusk setting could mean like hand stuff, um, dawn that's mouth, and then broad like daylight that's yeah home base. So that's um that's Mung House, but uh, I have another story that's equally as cool. Um, folks, you want to know what the next hot cool thing is? I know we've talked about NFTs. I know we've talked about crypto. I know we talked about you know um, sending GameStop to the moon and rescuing AMC theaters. The next cool thing though, tungsten. We cubes. love the cubes, folks. <laughs> no, it's like we're gonna live in cubes and we're gonna like look at the cubes in the cubes. It's the dawn, yeah. dawn of the cubes of the age of yeah. cubes. Um, so it says uh. They bought the Bitcoin dip. They took GameStop to the moon. Now the online investor army has a new favorite thing to buy and hold. Small tungsten cubes. This is uh, courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. It says here, even in a year that has featured dog meme cryptocurrencies and rappers shilling S-packs, 
tungsten cubes stand out. They are as inert as they sound, gray, an inch or two on each side, and 1.7 times as dense as lead. A major selling point, according to Amazon.com's product page, is that they are extremely heavy for their size. You, I'm, that's, that's the main also, thing I look for in any <laughs> that's product. That's selling point. I mean, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah no. I, if something isn't dense, I'm not buying it. I mean, think of the value. I mean, it, it looks small, but it's so dense that you're getting like you're getting you know, so much more, more cube weight. for the dollar. You're getting so much more weight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, An equivalent cube made out of like cotton candy, you would be laughed out of the office. It would. I mean, like a two-inch cube of tungsten weighs the same as the entire Hmong dorm <laughs> at UC Santa Barbara. <laughs> wow. Um, and then, and then, like when you when they finally do phase three of the Hmong dorm and shrink the Hmong and the students in it, then that, that's just another cube you have on your desk. You could fit all of the students at UC Santa Barbara in a tungsten cube that one foot in diameter, and they will be doing that. Oh, shortly. 100%. <laughs> Thanks to Warren Buffett. That, it says here, uh, that is also their main source of appeal to crypto bros and other enthusiasts who caused a run on supplies at a major tungsten provider in recent weeks. They are shelling out around $400 a piece for two-inch cubes weighing, weighing around five pounds. Or... $3,000 for the four-inch version, as heavy as a low-horsepower outboard motor, and almost three times the price. While cube enthusiasts overlap with aficionados of ephemeral varieties of digital money prone to heart-stopping swings in values, their new paperweights, given their density, are almost the most tangible things on Earth. Tungsten has one of the highest tensile strengths and melting points among metals. Drew Morris, a 35-year-old Florida lawyer at a blockchain intelligence company, bought his one-and-a-half-inch cube after friends came across it on Twitter and in Telegram group chats. Group chats. He found the density mind-blowing. <laughs> I, I keep it on my desk as a reminder of what motivates me. Keep going. Keep working, said Mr. Morris, who also invests in cryptocurrencies. One day, I'll be able to upgrade to a larger size cube. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i yeah you know, like i feel fucking i i mean i'd laugh if it wasn't so sad but i feel pity for all these broke boys out there with small ass cubes on their desks <laughs> i'm sitting on I'm, I'm i'm sitting on a tungsten cube right now yeah women are just like they're not getting with no. cubeless men nope nope uh Cubists, like Mr. Morris, <laughs> got recent inspiration from a niche corner of online life, financial Twitter. FinTwit, as it is called, typically consists of investors small and large debating the direction of markets, the prospects for inflation, and recipes for grilled meats. Lately, photos of smoked brisket have given away to pictures of cubes. <laughs> There's only so much meat you can smoke before you go, what am I doing? This is hollow. It's just this... There's how much can I pay? How much it's money can I pay enough. for fucking fake wagyu? And then your your mystification is is lifted when you realize, oh, I could be caring about cubes, something that has a real. Well, that, that's value. what happened. Something that's really meaningful. That's what happened. Someone was like, "Your life is totally hollow," and then one of these guys was like, "What's the opposite <laughs> of hollow? Density. Dense. Density. <laughs> What's the densest thing I could buy?" Uh, you say that there's a really good quote about that later in the piece. He says, um, hold on a sec. Uh, <laughs> Nick Carter, founding partner at the blockchain-focused venture capital firm Castle Island Ventures, describes himself in his Twitter bio as the original tongue pillar. <laughs> 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 
I'm density filled. I'm based in density filled. Uh, he said that the physical heft of the cubes contrasts with the intangible nature of crypto markets. We're just deprived of physical totems of our affection. So tungsten fills that hole in our hearts, he said. Okay. I just like to, I just like to just like back up a second. He says, we're deprived of physical totems of our affection. Uh, previously, that would have been described as uh, spouses, partners, or children. But even if you're just talking about like guys who are on their hustle and like focused on their money, like these guys' money is in a digital wallet somewhere. You can't put that on Instagram, but you can put a dope ass cube out there to show them how much, how how like see this cube. This symbolizes a bunch of uh, of Shina Ibu coins. <laughs> I just like I love the I love this. So tungsten fills that it fills hole in the our fucking hearts. cube hole. Not, I mean, it's not. It, it's, it's square. It is a square hole. Oh man! Imagine having a imagine having a cube shaped hole in your soul big enough that the only thing that will fill it is the densest metal on the planet. Well, you know, you guys, you know the other story about this, right? That there's a company that's gonna they're auctioning off the rights to a oh, giant yeah, cube. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, we, they, that will that will be got to in the article in a second. But uh, just uh, before we get there, it says um, demand intensified after uh, Niraj K. Agrawal, director of communications at Coin Center, a nonprofit cryptocurrency research and advocacy group, posted a joke mock-up of a faked Bloomberg news story claiming crypto traders were behind an imaginary global tungsten shortage. I'm going to be buried with my cube, probably, said Mr. Agrawal. It will be like a pharaoh buried with his possessions. So the cube will have a place of honor. And there is a photo that accompanies the piece of uh, Mr. Agrawal staring at the cube on his kitchen counter. And he's looking very sort of ponderously at the cube that he has. Cube enthusiasts often describe them in quasi-mystical terms. You kind of start wondering about gravity and the forces of nature. And it can send you on an out-there wandering experience, said Rabbi Michael Karras, an Albany-based Jewish day school teacher who uses the Twitter handle, the Bitcoin Rabbi. <laughs> he owns a one and a half. Can Felix, I told, stop fucking around with these alt accounts. You're tricking the fucking <laughs> Wall Street Journal, man. I, I do like that they are just like, you know, like the old joke of them like reinventing buses all the time. Yeah. Well, they're like, they're sort of backdooring their way into yeah. religion. You just like invented religion. We just did they, they 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 reverse engineered Stonehenge, but that's a bunch of boring ass stones. This is just one nice cube. Stonehenge isn't even dense. <laughs> no, it's remarkably porous. Yeah, that's why that religion isn't around anymore. The fastest growing religion in the world, guess what they worship? The cube. Guess what they walk around every year. Yeah, these guys are on their they're <laughs> the just tungsten. speed running through like uh uh polytheistic like tribal religions. And they're already almost up to Islam. It's amazing. Like that's the power of the blockchain. <laughs> yeah. it just it's much more efficient. Last time it took them like a few thousand years to invent Islam. This time, like how long has like Silicon Valley been around? What like yeah. 40, 50 years? It's amazing. Not bad. <laughs> the five cubes of Islam. <laughs> he goes, um, it's kind of like a disconnect between what your eyes are seeing and what you're feeling and what you expect from something that fits in the palm of your hand, he said. There is a rallying cry. We like the cube. It's a play on the phrase, we like the stock, often used on sites such as Reddit's Wall Street Bets to show support for buying shares of GameStop Corporation, AMC Holdings, or other meme stocks. We like the cube. We like the cube. We like the cube. Oh, and here we go, Matt. Midwest Tungsten 
recently launched an NFT of a 14-inch cube weighing almost 1,800 pounds. Buy an NFT, and you can visit the cube once a year. On social media, the, co- the company requested photos of the cubes in their new homes. Is it only a cube, the firm tweeted? Okay, they, they, they did, they've done so, it. They made Islam already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is they have created the high. Yeah, that's pilgrimage. They have created the fucking high to the fucking Kaaba. They have done it. But they're no doing the high. The they're doing the high yes. in like Michigan, <laughs> where it always belonged. Honestly, I mean, yeah, kind of. Every year, they, they yeah. <laughs> Every year, crypto traders make the Hajj to touch the cube. Yeah, they've uh, we, well, they invented Islam again. Uh, he goes here. Um, we have a pretty interesting fight going on internally. Whether or not someone is actually going to be able to pick that up, Mister uh, Matuszewski said. Midwest Tungsten also sells tungsten spheres. Oh, get out of here! Fuck get off! Get that shit out of here! Oh my god! Bullshit! Crap! Yeah. <laughs> the tungsten sphere would be funny because it like rolls off your kitchen counter and then just like falls through your <laughs> foot into your basement because of how dense it is. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, just killing well, no, every pet here. in your house with your yeah, sphere. Mid- it says here, uh, Midwest Tungsten also sells Tungsten spheres. Mr. Morris, the Florida lawyer, isn't much interested. We like the cube, he said. So <laughs> uh, that's that's two stories about our exciting cube-based future. I, I, I'm i ready I, for it. I'm ready to eat cubes, collect them, live in one. It's all going to be good. What would you do if you, like, on Christmas or the new winter cube holiday <laughs> instead the cube of solstice. like getting a <laughs> cube solstice what if instead of you know getting a new cube as you expected your beloved your spouse got you a sphere what would you do oh my god oh my god i mean i would i, I would immediately go on reddit and share the story to am i an asshole <laughs> <laughs> I would, then, yeah. I would, then i would call a lawyer call a lawyer immediately Oh, um, uh, the cube solstice is going to be a great holiday, though, because uh, you know it's the perfect shape for fitting down chimneys. Yep. Cubes, cubes, just the, uh, the, you know, uh, Father Cube goes drops cubes down the <laughs> chimney of all good boys and girls. <laughs> I have to say, like you know, people are always saying things are getting worse and we're stuck and everything's like a shitty copy of a copy. Mm-hmm. Like you keep saying that, yeah, yeah, but like the average density of objects is up so much since when we were that's kids. huge that's yeah people really take yeah. that for granted when they talk about social progress i remember the first cube i got as a kid it like blew away in a strong wind i never saw it Fuck again you suck i cried I oh a, how i cried yeah i was given a cube uh after 911 uh and when you just iron shit weighs about as much as you would expect looking at it crap the first time, I mean, like the first time I put my cube through the washing machine, it was fucking done. <laughs> it was ruined. If you think shit. about it, John D. Rockefeller was the richest man in the world, mm-hmm. but his, the density of his cubes was probably like, I mean, just the average guy who you just, if you work at Costco now, you probably have cubes 10 times denser than anything Rockefeller. One million percent. Yep. I think there should be a way to buy a tungsten cube, like a, a, a fairly sizable tungsten cube that is held in orbit on some sort of like satellite platform. And then if you buy it, you can drop it on a location on the surface of the planet. I was thinking about the guy who is getting buried with his cube. And what if like they, they like lower him into the ground using some type of military equipment because there's so many cubes in his tomb. And then he just, he finally, the thing we always talked about in cartoons that no one ever did you dig a hole in America and you pop out in China. 
due to the strength of his cube. Someone in China, in China... Wait, 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 wait. Then China would have his cubes. Oh, man. this is, Okay, we can't let him be buried with the no. cubes. No. Got to keep the cubes in a secure location. You know, to cross the River Styx, it's often said that you would place two tungsten cubes over the eyes of a dead person when you bury them. <laughs> so let's pay the ferryman. So there we go. Cubes. We like the cube. We like living in them, eating them, being them. You know, I mean, I, I think Alan Moore has said that reality, like, uh, you know, time and space is a sort of four-dimensional cube. So there we go. A Everyone laughed at the time cube guy, but he was ahead of his time. Well, we've got um, one last vision from the cube universe, and that is Ozzy. Oh, hell yes. Can we check in on how I, I mean, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of people have been questioning, what's the future of this company after they were recorded on video doing securities fraud? To and investors? of course, that coming after but, they named their company after the uh, Shelley poem uh, about the impermanence of all things and uh, the fit, the folly of hubris and go yeah but i but we're different we're gonna do it different we're gonna think, hustle our way out of that i think carlos watson said of the fact that they named their company after the shelley poem is that he's like yeah like you know uh like uh, when i saw two like <laughs> vast limbless trunks in a desert land or whatever sorry don't don't sue me i can't remember it off the top of my head uh he said that like yeah he's like i read that poem and to me it's about like what's next yeah yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, uh, Chris, play the play the play the Carlos Watson Aussie video. This this just dropped. People have questions about the future. This is we're back, but we're different. Hashtag Aussie. Hashtag Aussie Media. Hashtag Moving Forward. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Aussie's coming back. But one of the things I've been saying to the team is I don't think that we can just be the same that we've been before. I don't think we can just return to normal. I think that given everything that happened. Somehow we have to turn this into an opportunity to reimagine what can be new and what can be valuable, what can be good. And I hope that we will come back, you know, with a generosity of spirit that's all about elevating conversations and elevating a community and actually building uh, an even stronger community. Maybe now is an opportunity to really, you know, put our arms around each other and bring that alive. I hope that we actually become a really strong and creative community. Like, I'd be very proud if that's what Ozzy becomes. Not just a media company, but a community, an activated community, a bold community, a global community, a colorful community of people who believe that something better is possible and that we all deserve something better and that we can be a part of that. And whether it's entertaining, whether it's informational, whether it's a gathering, that that's what Ozzy will all be about. And I would love it if there's an opportunity years from now for people to talk about Ozzy's second chance and what Ozzy did with that second chance. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. If you have ideas about what you think we should do in order to <laughs> truly be valuable uh, to people, let us know. We're going to try hard. I'd just like to notice here that the last 15 seconds of this video is just yeah, dead just air. just a blank screen. <laughs> it's just a black screen. Well, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's to give you time to think about ideas for what Ozzy should do. So whether it's information, whether it's entertainment, whether it's a gathering. It's very reassuring when your visionary CEO ends his big uh, pitch on a reboot with, you guys got anything? I got communities and uh, conversations. That's it. If anything, but he's got anything more specific, I'm all ears. Well, that's like everyone forgets the line after this is a day that will live in infamy. Uh, and, you know, if anyone has any ideas of, you know, what that means, both for us as a community and militarily, you know, let me know. We want to, we're trying to have new conversations here. 
Um, I, I like what he said at the beginning of the video where he was just like, look, I think, I think when I, you know, when I talk to the team, uh, I think we realized that like Ozzy's back, but it's got to be different from the old Ozzy. So we got to like, I mean, it actually uh, has to be a change things up. It's just a giant <laughs> so, fucking Ozzy scheme. <laughs> Yeah, where guys like, use fake voices to scam uh, uh, investment banks into giving them money. Yeah, uh, we're gonna need a new strategy now that defrauding investors is out. So conversations, cubes, cubes, <laughs> cubes? cubes. Anyone? That's a great. That is a great uh, thing because uh, that video because every single thing he says is what you say while you're panicking and trying to think of something to say. It is just filler for the entire thing. But he never got past the vamp until something comes up, and it never did. It, the thing they came yeah. up was, "What do you got?" Um, like, I want to uh, I imagine right before yeah. right right before he started filming that video. Just imagine uh, someone asked him, "Sir, have you been drinking tonight?" Yeah, I was going to say that I, I want to make that speech at my abduction trial. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're 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 uplifting commute voices and and building a community. Uh, we're we're all living in a community. We're here together in Guyana in a community. We're 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 gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take this juice together, mother, 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 please. Yeah, that was the other thing I was thinking that it like it sounds like he's describing Nexium. Yeah, we're all getting tattoos, or at least the ladies are. <laughs> yeah, all these things they are all going. It, we were talking about how the Cube guys are ter- are reinventing Islam. Like Carlos Watts is clearly like two thirds of the way to a cult compound that burns down. Uh, we're, we're, we're now at the metaphysical level of the, uh, the Silicon Valley economy and I'm here for it. Well, yeah, he said like, you know, whatever, whatever Ozzy is in the future. And then he said, be it information, entertainment or gatherings. (laughs) So so there we go. Uh, the cube compound, I think is a very, uh, that's a very potentially dynamic pivot for this company. Yeah. Well, I guess by default, Ozzy Fest was the most successful thing they ever did. I mean, there were more people yeah. there than uh, there should have been. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a, the two of us was too many already. <laughs> How many people were there? Like, it wasn't like packed. It was really. a decent, it, no, it was packed. Pack, it was pretty packed. Say. It wasn't okay. that. It wasn't a lot of space, though. It wasn't like that. Yeah, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like on like the, the sheep's right. meadow. It was like a very narrow it was, it was little the bandstand. Area. So it's like, uh, but like, you know, in, in the standing room area, like it, there was probably like a, at least a couple thousand people there. Okay. So that's more people saw Ozzy Fest in person than ever watched a video. Oh, yeah. Did. Yeah. Yeah. They should just become uh, concert promoters. Like they should just take it on the road. Like the fuck, they should like fish. Oh, yeah. They should be rolling yeah. loud for yes. Clintonism. <laughs> yeah. You got to be like, uh, you got to be like, look, I, I'm timing my, I'm timing this Molly so that I peaks when Erskine Bowles comes on stage. <laughs> dude alan k simpson was lit last night he's good in new york dude did you see did you see when powell brought up bernanke because i think he could still like watson could still like get all these yeah losers. yeah because they don't like yeah somehow these are always the last to find out that something they're involved it's true in yeah scam. they just go where their assistants tell them to go he could uh could bring his VP on stage and he could do like, um, you know, sort of impressions like a stand up act. He's like, uh, here's my impression of Goldman Sachs investor. So, so, yeah, yeah, best of luck to Ozzy. Um, Carlos, if you're there, I mean, we're available. One word, buddy, cubes. If you're you're clearly looking for ideas and that's really, it seems to be the one that's uh, most, most of the moment. We're pivoting. We're pivoting to cubes. 
I would do, I would like happily open for somebody at Odyssey Fest. Absolutely. I would. I mean, there's a track record of yeah. people showing up. Like, yeah, no, I would, I would help out. If that's what he wants to do, if he wants to make it a physical thing, if when he said a physical community, if he, what he meant was not to do Nexium and brand uh, Aussie information <laughs> slaves, uh, and he just meant doing Aussie Fest, I'm, yeah, absolutely. In the cube. Give us a call. That would be the that would be the bit is that it'll there be we, in a in a giant cube that travels from town to town, and then everybody gets inside to see the disruption and the thinkfluencing. You know, it's not so much about the quality of information as it is about <laughs> the density of information, and I think that's what yes. we're learning about today's media uh, community environment. That's true. Well, there we go, fellas. Um, uh, cube keep, keep next it up. Time. Keep keep watching the cubes. Uh, before we sign off, we should uh, say uh, we still have tickets on sale for our Buffalo show. I believe by the time this episode goes out, the Warsaw show in Brooklyn will already be sold out. Right. Uh, so thank you all for who are ready to show up for that. That's going to be great. But Buffalo, 12-8, Wednesday, the 8th of December, uh, Buffalo at Asbury Hall. I'm betting there'll still be tickets on sale for that. So uh, Lincoln bio. Bye-bye. Till next time, gentlemen. Till next time. Bye.